Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, everybody, back by popular demand. <laughs> yeah, works. JC, JC, back by popular demand. He's... Uh, uh, I'm just I'm just glad to have him sitting here next to me and able to chime in as he's able because we have a very important we have a very important show today. This is something that uh, we need to talk about. This is hot. What do we, how do you say that? Hot off the press, right? The Supreme Court has issued their opinion regarding the. Um, separation of church and state issue. Remember, we've had several instant, several weeks now, JC, where we've been trying to give people this heads up. Keep your eyes open for what the Supreme Court is doing. And today is one of the most important of those cases. Now, what's crazy is, JC, you missed it, but yesterday we talked about the... the uh, um, uh, at the Keystone Pipeline decision, okay. and then um, <clears throat> the day before, we talked about another Supreme Court decision. And what's crazy, crazy, is we have three consecutive Supreme Court opinions that actually follow the Constitution. Okay. I'm just wondering if they're serving up iced tea in hell today or if we should start carrying umbrellas because there's going to be pigs flying over. I, I, don't, I don't even understand how this is possibly happening. Uh, we talked about how uh, the Supreme Court made their decision uh, where uh, they all were unanimous, but some of them did the right things for the wrong reasons. And today we're talking about the Supreme Court's opinion in uh, uh, the cases where they had to decide the quote-unquote ministerial exception to the Civil Rights Act of 1969. Hmm. So I'm, you haven't read this case, have you, Jason? I have not. Okay, so this is really awesome. I, I actually kind of like the, I, I actually like the fact that you have not read this case because what I intend to do here, oh, you took your hat off. <laughs> what I intend to do here is is to give sort of a a brief summary of what exactly has happened. And because the there's so many important clips in this, I, I actually printed out the uh, sections that I think are important to talk about. I don't know if we're going to get to all of them, but we are going to get to some of them. And I wanted to, to make sure that I had them in front of me. And frankly, JC, I don't have the talent that I need to put these up on the screen like you do. So everybody's going to have to bear with me. Now, in this Supreme Court decision, this one right here, it was a 7-2 to two majority opinion. The two dissenters are Sotomayor and Ginsburg. Believe it or not, Kagan, Kagan signs on with the majority court in this. Didn't we say, well, last time I was on, we talked about Sotomayor being consistently anti-religion? Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is why this is this is crazy to me. I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe she's just trying to trip us up. Oh, I thought she's on the opposite. No, you're, Kagan you're is a, on. No, no, Sotomayor. Sotomayor, right, right. But I'm talking about Kagan. Mm. Kagan is on the right side for religious liberty for the First Amendment. All right, ready, set, go. Yeah, okay. So what we have here is the judgment on whether the school, a religious school, can operate employment practices based on 
discriminating factors based on religion, sex, um, and all the criteria that are exempt, right? So you have the, the Civil Rights Act of, seven, of 1969, which says that you can't employment discriminate. Now remember, this is geared towards private businesses, right? So private businesses are told by the federal government you can't discriminate. Now we have already talked about on previous shows why that's bad because the federal government doesn't have the authority to come in and dictate to private businesses. And so this is all about the ministerial exception and how does that apply? Now, Sotomayor writes the dissent. What's interesting is Thomas and Gorsuch write a separate concurrence, which by the way, JC, if you read it, it is all Gorsuch. I don't even know why Thomas gets to have his name first on there. Just gave a thumbs up. I, Thomas, well, Thomas is first, which means that Thomas says he wrote this, but there's so well, much Gorsuch in this. Thomas is pretty funny. good when he's when he's on target. Yeah. I mean, when he's writing on target, he he's, yeah. has a depth of... Uh, constitutional aplomb when, mm -hmm. when he's when he's on target. Right, right. So what we have here is the courts reviewing the Ninth Circuit's decision that guess what? Uh, because you are a teacher means that you are not a minister, and because you are not a minister, then the court gets to decide uh, whether you can be, uh, uh, you can apply, the church can apply religious exception to you. Okay. Okay. The so court gets to decide. The court gets to decide. Okay. And what's really, really interesting here, I love this, this thing. Let me just jump in and say what Thomas says here. They, Thomas takes the liberal arguments of the past and throws them back in their face. Let me read to you what he says. For example, the court has held that a public school became impermissibly entangled. Now, what Thomas is saying is, look, the court goes out of their way to say that we cannot have entanglements. The court cannot entangle themselves with religious issues. Schools. No, with religious issues. Schools can't entangle themselves. No, courts cannot entangle themselves with religious issues. Okay, I thought so, it said public yeah, schools. Well, that's, this is where he's going to throw it in, his fa in their face. He says, okay, so we go out of the way historically saying that courts cannot engage in decisions for deciding religious issues. That's outside of our purview. That's a complete and total... Uh, violation of the First Amendment. We are not supposed to decide the inherent theocracies and theologies of, or theologies of the church. He says, for example, the entanglement thing. The court has held that a public school can became impermissibly entangled with religion by simply permitting students to say a prayer before football games and overseeing a class election for whom uh, would deliver prayer. And in Locke v. Davey, the court concluded that it would violate states' anti-establishment interests if tax dollars indirectly supported the education of ministers. But, he says, on the contrary, what we have now is the dissent saying we need to tell employers and the Ninth Circuit saying we need to tell religious employers whether their employees are actually religious employees or not. Gotcha. So you see the contradiction there. It's really, really, really so, so interesting. Both are ultimately to the end of keeping religion out. Right, exactly. So right. the majority and, and so when, Thomas so and So when Gorsuch. the schools wanted to pray, they said, no, 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 you can't do that. That's entanglement. Mm -hmm. Now the private schools want to hire you know, their own religious mm -hmm. instructors. They say, no, 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 we have to get in there and say you can't do that. 
you have to hire whoever wants to come. Right. So either way, whether they're whatever, whatever the ultimate decision, the motivation right. is go against religion. Let's keep religion out and down underfoot. Yeah. In any way possible. So what we can do, right, we're not allowed to entangle ourselves in these situations unless, of course, it means that... Aligns with our anti-religious It, it aligns with our anti-religious uh, doctrine, right? Interesting. Sotomayor So in says, other words, don't let the private people decide for mm -hmm. themselves... Mm -hmm. You know, because you may have people, they don't want religion. Okay, fine. You want religion. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. You shouldn't have the court that says, okay, you have to go anti-religion. Right, exactly. So they, they want, the dissenters want to take a stance for the people. Right, exactly. In, in their stead. Right. And here's the crux of it, right? And Sotomayor sort of uh, puts this all out for you. She says, and, and this is something that she, she talks about it as well, that the decision on whether someone is ministerial or not should be left to, are you ready? The employee and not the employer. So whether a church thinks its employees uh, play an important role, religious role or not, is not as important as whether the employee thinks they're religious. Okay. I know, it's hard. So So the employee is the boss? That's kind of what that's saying? Basically. So here's here's the thing. In this in the in the case of Lady uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, the person the teacher was hired. In the handbook it says that you will be a uh, you are you're in charge of and involved in and you have a responsibility to adhere to our doctrine, to deliver our doctrine, to live by our doctrine. And, and you know, the whole spiel, this is about the Catholic Church and you have to be uh, delivering the Catholic message. Hmm. Regardless of what, I mean, this is the employee handbook, regardless of your title, right, you have to be Catholic in your delivery and in your message. The employee says, well, that's all nice, but I'm not a practicing Catholic. So because I'm not a practicing Catholic, you can't call me a minister. Okay. You can't hold me to this standard. And what's interesting is Thomas points out that, hey, you know what? What is the court's role in defining what is practicing part of the religion and what is not practicing part of the religion? How can the court then come out and say, you know what, we, we have to define what it is to be a practicing Catholic or a practicing Jew? Thomas says, okay, so does that mean that a, an Orthodox Jew and a non-Orthodox Jew, the court determines the difference between those and whether one is actually a minister and not a minister. Uh, one is actually plays a religious role in the church or doesn't play a religious role in the church. And I want to read this part to you. This is the key to... This is just fundamentally be an employment issue. Here, here are the standards. Here's the contract by which you're mm -hmm. hired. Yeah, yeah, Adhere absolutely. To them. So, I mean, I... It's strange to me that, it, that this even rises to some sort of religious context. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just so happens that the employment standards are religious. Right. Right? So how is it any different if I say, okay, you have to be a Catholic if right. you want to work at this Catholic school. Uh, other than, hey, this is Office Max. We wear blue polos. You have to wear a blue polo. Right. H how is it any different? Right. How does the court get to dictate? How, how would the court say, no, no, Office Max, um, if the person wants to wear red, they can wear red. If they want to wear mm -hmm. uh, neon yellow, they can do that. How is that any different? Mm -hmm. how, how do they have any more right than to step into a private school and say, no, no, you can't make, uh, you know, these requirements that you cannot speak against this doctrine or you have right. to support this doctrine? I mean, I don't I don't necessarily see this as a religious question as much as contractual, which it seems like always comes down to uh, within a liberty context, 
it's a matter of contract. The, let the businesses lay out the framework. The people contract within that framework to work for the business. You don't like it. You don't have a right to work here. Right. Seems simple to me. Maybe I'm overcomplicating this. No, it is. It ought to be very simple. Well, it, here's the complication, though, JC. The complication comes, number one, again, that the Civil Rights Act is already an irrational, unreasonable intrusion on the private business. Sure. Then what you have is the, the ideology that is totally freaking out that they don't have control over the church. Mm -hmm. They can control your private business. They can control your private lives. But they have no control over the church. Listen to what Sotomayor says. And, and I believe this is the key to the argument. The fact that they're freaking out about it, this control thing. Today's decision thus invites the, quote, potential abuse against which circuit courts have long warned. Never mind that the court renders almost all of the court's opinion in Hosanna Tabor irrelevant. It risks allowing employers to decide for themselves whether discrimination is actionable. No, they're not. They're deciding who their employer employees are. It'd be like saying, so what this is is basically Sotomayor and Ginsburg say employees ought to be able to self-identify their role within the church. So who they feel they are is who they are. So if McDonald's hires somebody and the employee comes on and says, you know, I self-identify as a corporate manager today and I feel <laughs> like I'm the corporate manager, according to Sotomayor and Ginsburg in this line of thinking. Can't fire that person. You can't fire that person for trying to do a job for being a they're, lunatic. they're not supposed to be doing. Or in the, in, in the other way, saying, uh, in the other direction, saying, okay, I'm hiring you to be a corporate regional manager. And the corporate regional manager saying, you know what, I don't feel like a corporate re regional manager today. I'm going to be the guy in, in, in Lake City, Florida that makes fries. And I'm not going to play any other role. So it's all about, and the, and the, the interesting thing is But then, Chris Ann, you could fire abuse. somebody just because they're white. Are you saying you should be able to fire somebody because they're white? I'm saying it's not the court's business to say who you hire or who you don't fire. So how do you fix that? If, if the business fires somebody just because they're white? You fix that by, uh, the, by boycotting by the free market system. You say, hey, look, this guy fired me because I'm white. You know what? I'm going to gather all my white friends. We're not going to go to this business. We're going to boycott this business. We're going to let everybody know about this business. Here's the thing. The Sotomayor and Ginsburg act like you have a right to work for a church. Mm -hmm. Just because you want to work for a church, regardless, and this is the, what it boils down to, regardless of what your faith is, regardless, I mean, the employees, they try to wiggle out of this of the religious exemption by saying, you know what, I realize I work for a church, but I'm not really a religious person. By the way, is Ginsburg alive again? Was she die? Uh, several times, I think. I didn't know she died. Okay. Yeah. So, Sotomayor says, the court's apparent deference here threatens to make, a, make nearly anyone whom the schools might hire ministers unprotected from discrimination in the hiring process. Gotcha. So, so doesn't the Bible say, though, that we are all ministers of the faith? I'm asking you. You're the sure, former pastor, sure. right? Yeah. So your mic is bumping your skin here. And... <clears throat> so, I mean, what is it then? That is the that the whole separation of church and state issue is about the government not defining roles. <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'm glad that the court made their decisions appropriately. I'm glad that 
that Sotomayor and Ginsburg were on the minority side. But what's really interesting is that in this in this dissent, they actually give us some really good insight on where we're supposed to go. Let me read to you what the majority says here. In a country with religious diversity of the United States, judges cannot be expected to have a complete understanding and appreciation of the role played by every person who performs a particular role in every religious tradition. A religious institution's explanation of the role of such employees in the life of the religion in question is important. That, that makes sense, right? Not their job. It's not the court's job. Here's what Mon Sotomayor says in response to that. Indeed, the court reasons that, quote, judges cannot be expected to have a complete understanding and appreciation of the laws and facts in ministerial exception cases. And all but, uh, let's see, at and all but abandon its judicial review. Although today's decision is limited to teachers of religion, its reasoning risks rendering almost every Catholic parishioner and parent in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles a Catholic minister. So by saying that it's the role of the church to decide who the ministers are, you let the church say anybody can be a minister. Well, first off, uh, every church doesn't have the same view of that. So the Catholic Church might say that everybody's not a minister. Mm -hmm. Another church may say everybody's a minister. I think that further illustrates the point mm -hmm. that it's not the court's role to make that mm -hmm. decision. If even the church, uh, you know, the, 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 the church, the whole, you know, whatever is called a church, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever, if they all have differing views, then, then how is it appropriate for the court then to make, you know, one definition for all? Well, and that's exactly what Thomas and Gorsuch say. Let me read to you this. Because I, I don't actually they, know what the Catholic Church teaches on that, but I do mm -hmm. know that they have a more uh, sort of stringent view on professional clergy than, mm -hmm. than other uh, Mm -hmm. other types of churches. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Let me read to you what the, um, what, what... Which is the whole point of liberty, right? I mean, it's not, right. it's not one size fits all. It's not their place to decide uh, a matter that has such diversity mm -hmm. in, uh, in the United States, not violating anybody's right. I think the, co the core, again, from a liberty point of view, the core is not violating anybody's anybody's right. You don't have a right to work at any location. You, right. you have no fundamental right to a particular job. Right. Exactly. So, and that's so nobody's part of that. nobody's rights right. are being violated. I mean, to me, the whole thing simplify the thing. If you could get these people to think in a simple liberty mindset, their job is to defend rights, to protect rights, to avenge rights. Whose rights have been violated? Uh, what rights have been violated? In this case, well, let me, no let's, one. Let's clarify here, though, none, Jason. Or at least not the, not the one bringing The The court's claiming. role is not to avenge your rights, period. It is to avenge your rights when the government actor is True. the offender. We don't even have a government actor here. True. Right? So this is the part so of the So two strikes out. Two strikes out. Here's what Thomas says. What qualifies as, quote, ministerial is an inherently theological question and thus one that cannot be resolved by civil courts through legal analysis. Yeah. No, the, the, the very fact that they're having the discussion, it's like, why, why, are, you even over, why are you even listening to this case? Why, why did this case even get to come before you? Exactly, exactly. You have well, no it's business. because the Civil Rights Act, right. you know, First off, because the Civil Rights Act exists, and secondly, because the Civil Rights Act carves out the exception, which is not to, how do, how do I put this? It's not to protect churches from evil actions. 
the, the exception carved out of the civil rights acts for churches, again, is not to protect churches in evil actions. It is to keep the government from being entangled with and defining the role of the church. Which is the true definition of separation of church and state. So yes. when, when you talk about, and we have listeners that, you know, new listeners that pop in all the time that may not be clear on this because on both sides of the aisle, this has been mis, mistaught. So many people take a sort of textual view. Mm -hmm. uh, separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. It is, but it hasn't been properly defined for people. Right, right. The First exactly. Amendment is that separation of church and state, and what it means is the government has no business controlling your church or right. your religious beliefs. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. And when... And when uh, you know, and, and of course you have a course on this, Liberty First University, but you have to go into the context of First Amendment history and look at what built those principles in there to really understand w what it means. Right. What's interesting here is here we have in the majority court opinion, the majority says that the respondents go further astray in suggesting that an employee can never come within Hosanna Tabor exception unless, and Hosanna Tabor is a previous Supreme Court opinion, which really flips Ginsburg and Sotomayor out because this particular decision, in their opinion, overturns Hosanna Tabor, the, 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 um, litmus Pre the, the litmus test mm -hmm. that's precedent in Hosanna Tabor, which I find r amusing because today's society believes that the only entity that can challenge the Supreme Court is the Supreme Court. And yet here we have a majority opinion challenging or at least, I wouldn't say it's overturning, but Correcting. But correcting the the previous opinion. And Sotomayor and Ginsburg are like, how dare you, right? Mm -hmm. How dare you do this? Well, right. if they're not allowed to do it, and we've been saying they're the only ones that can do it, yeah. then how does this ever change? Right. Why aren't we still locking up Japanese people in internment camps? Yeah. And why aren't, why, why, why is Dred Scott not still property? Right. Right. How, so, how, outrageous how outrageous for a previous Supreme Court opinion to, to be declared erroneous. So the, the employees that are claiming that they have been discriminated against say that the civil rights exception cannot apply unless the employee is, quote, a practicing member of the religion with which the employer is associated. So remember, it's about the employee's self-identification. It's not about the employer's classification of its employee. He says, uh, the majority court, which is written by Alito, by the way, says the brief for respondents, uh, in hiring a teacher to provide religious instruction, a religious school is very likely to try to select a person who meets this requirement but insisting on this is, necessar is a necessary condition would create a host of problems. Listen to what he says. As pointed out by petitioners, determining whether a person is a co-religionist. Are you familiar with that term? Mm -hmm. Okay. A co-religionist will all, not always be easy. Are Orthodox Jews and non-Orthodox Jews co-religionists? Would Presbyterians and Baptists be similar enough? Southern Baptists and Primitive Baptists. Deciding such question would risk, here we go again, judicial entanglement in religious issues. Mm -hmm. That's what I said earlier. Just, it, me it means which one matches. When he says mm -hmm. co-religious, which, which one's a match for the other? Right. There's too, too much diversity uh, to, to make such a decision. So it's basically saying, you know, it's this... These things aren't universally true for mm -hmm. everybody. Right. Right. I, I don't or universally know. held. Jason, I want to ask you uh, what exactly is... I'm, I'm seeing several things happen here. I'm seeing a new kind of boldness in the court in direct targeting uh, responses to ideological differences. Okay. I'm seeing them actually 
engage in a in a boldness that I haven't seen before. Actually calling out the hypocrisy of the the this leftist ideology in the courtroom, right? So I find it hilarious. Uh, the majority writes specifically the panel majority, meaning on the Ninth Circuit, suggests that Beal, one of the employees, is not a religious minister, is not religiously in this church, right? She doesn't qualify for the religious exemption. Uh, because she merely taught religion from a book required by the school and joined students in prayer and accompanied students to mass in order to keep them quiet in their seats. And, and what they go on to say is, isn't that kind of good or bad exactly what a public school teacher does? Doesn't the public school teacher just simply teach from the school book? Doesn't uh, textbooks, doesn't just a public school teacher simply keep the students in order in the classrooms? Isn't it the public school teacher that keeps them in line on the way to the lunchroom and, and joins in with them in the instruction that's actually delivered by the textbook? So does that mean that public school teachers aren't actually teachers? So if this person is not actually a minister of the faith because they're teaching religion from a book, does that mean a public school teacher is not actually an educator because they're just teaching from a book? I would say in this context, it means they're merely an educator. Yeah. In other words, you don't, I mean, this is sort of stupid. That, that's really kind of dumb reasoning mm -hmm. in saying because they have these other duties. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and then sort of sloughing them off, like, you know, and making them look like they're just the same as what a public school teacher is. Mm -hmm. it, it's not the same. It, it's a matter of what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. Unless they want to suggest that public school teachers actually teach religion, which I believe they do. Yes. But that's beside the point. Because I mean, it's just a different kind of religion. So from the context of what we're talking about, uh, I, I think it's a dumb comparison because they're teaching the, the content content of what they're teaching and what they're doing uh, is religious. Mm -hmm. How could they not be a, a minister? I mean, when you, again, I think it goes back to the employment contract. I'm sure there's something, there's something like a mission statement. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something in there that describes the purpose of that church. Mm -hmm. And there's no, no doubt in my mind uh, that, that it talks about uh, somehow inculcating a religious or spiritual you know, impartation to mm -hmm. those students. Yeah, absolutely. It's what it says. Now, the, the, the litmus test here is, number one, uh, what is the formal title given to the teacher by the church? Remember, mm -hmm. we're talking about employer to employee. The substance reflected in that title, her own use of that title, and the important religious function she performs for the church. Now, like I said, in this, in this handbook, they actually outline in both cases that these people are identified in ministerial roles. And that's where your argument, JC, about the contract comes in. Mm -hmm. Because the contract in this case, as indicated by the um, handbook, is very, very clear. But the whole bottom line is with the Sotomayor and Ginsburg is... It's not important what your employer says you are. It's important what you feel your job is. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole argument. It's not it's important not what your employer how jobs says. work. Yeah. Maybe the fact that they've never actually had real jobs, they don't mm -hmm. really comprehend what, what that is. Employee. Yeah. You know, what, I mean, come on, get a dictionary. The majority says... <laughs> not what employee is. So the Sotomayor and Ginsburg and the Ninth Circuit are all in the same basket, right? So Sotomayor and Ginsburg says the Ninth Circuit is right and we're totally adopting them, which said that she's mi not ministerial because she doesn't feel ministerial, right? <laughs> I don't feel ministerial today. I didn't feel ministerial yesterday. Yeah. So uh, I, we're not a ministerial. And by the way, they say, I, I love this part, she didn't have a formal education at a seminary, 
So she can't be classified as ministerial. Wow. Okay. Now, we've talked about this on the sure. air several times, JC. This, this, this leftist ideology that, number one, freedom of press only belongs to trained journalists. Yeah, because they're, they're the gatekeepers. They're, they're colleges and universities. They're, they're mm -hmm. brainwashing uh, concentration camps mm -hmm. are intended to be the gatekeepers of mm -hmm. who can engage in civil society and who can be employed. So, I mean, that's, all, all this stuff lines up with the ideology, right? What you feel, whatever you, whatever you feel like, that's what you can declare you are, yeah. what you declare you do. And then we, we the intellect, intellectual uh, gatekeepers decide who can participate in society. So, I mean, this is what the colleges are producing. So these two justices uh, are an example of what of what these people look like in professional life when they get in these positions of power. It's just a manifestation of that uh, insane, insane, irrational leftist ideology. Listen to what the majority court says about this premise that you have to be formally trained in a seminary in order to be to, to enjoy the protection of separation of church and state, of, of freedom of religion. It says, the significance of formal training must be evaluated in light of the age of the students taught and the judgment of religious institutions regarding the need for formal training. Remember, it's all about the employer, right? The schools in question here thought that the, the two plaintiffs had a sufficient understanding of Catholicism to teach their students, and here's the key, and judges have no warrant to second-guess that judgment or to impose their own credentialing requirements. Right. I Meaning, hey, we, we want to hire this person. We think they're qualified. No, no, we don't think they're qualified. You can't hire them. Again, none of your business. Mm -hmm. None of your business. All, I just I, I keep repeating myself, but it comes down to contract uh, principles to me and just freedom to conduct your business yeah. and run, operate your own business. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the courts. The government shouldn't be dictating. And, and again, whether it's a church or a commercial business or, or whatever, and whether it's Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, whatever it may be, right. uh, it's none of your business government. We did not give you the authority to, to dictate in these matters. Go away. The it should be that is, simple. The bottom line is, and we ought to realize this, right? When the government is in your church, influencing your church, dictating your church, which would also include the teaching of the children or the students in the church, mm -hmm. right? Then you have uh, historically an evil and oppressive government. So the whole separation of church and state is not that God has no business in public discussion. Separation of church and state is that government has no business dictating in your church, right. period. Or, or dictating religion to you at all, right? So or what, how you what, teach what if you, religion or your thought, uh, your, your requirements of your religion. But, but I mean further than that. Let's say you have no religion. I mm -hmm. mean, it, it also means the government can't right. say you have to practice some particular religion and here's how you have to practice it or here's how you have to practice the one yeah. that you participate in. So, you know, all of those grounds. It's not just for, these protections are not just for religious people. Listen right? to what, yeah, listen to what Thomas says. Thomas says, to avoid dis disadvantaging these minority faiths, right? We're not, at this point, they're conceding that Catholicism is what they call a majority faith. Right, because it's one of the largest in the world. I don't know what that means, but but he says to that's avoid another overstep to me. What, yeah. what business? What businesses do you have? What business do you have? Court of deciding majority, minority, whatever. Well, but his again, yeah. But his point is, it's not our business to in, in to define anything because what we end up doing then is defining out of existence. Anybody who doesn't fit in the, the, the so-called majority ca sure. categories, right? So he says this, to avoid disadvantaging these minority faiths and interfering in a religious group's right to shape its own faith and mission. Sure. 
courts should defer to a religious organization's sincere determination that a position is ministerial. Yeah, none of your business. None of your business. Now, I want to try to deliver this little quote from from Sotomayor with the contempt that she must have written it. So let me let me sort of put this together. The majority court collapses the, the Hosanna Tabor's careful analysis into a single consideration. Whether a church thinks its employees play an important religious role. Because that simplistic approach has no basis in law and strips thousands of school teachers of their legal protections, I respect respectfully dissent yeah you got to make a pitch to the teachers unions oh yeah i mean you got to put the teachers protect unions who put are you not there. even involved in the religious right. schools but they, they can't that but that's the thing this in her mind tips the scales toward the private schools which is a threat to not public schools per se which mm -hmm. I, maybe she think that's how she would think but i think primarily what they think of is teachers union which is revenue to the democrat party which continues to expand you know openings for people like sotomayor right which, which is to say leftist marxist lunatics god forbid that an and, and if you take this outside of the the school or the, you know the the christian school teacher aspect uh, and i don't mean to keep saying this but you got to understand how precedent works and how this is applied when when the supreme court writes an opinion lawyers are like harvesters you go through the supreme court opinion when your issue comes up and you start tilling the soil you start gathering and gleaning anything that can build your case right and in this case you're going to be able to say it's precedent you know if sotomayor had her way it's precedent that what an employee thinks their job is is more important than what an employer thinks their job is god forbid an employer be able to dictate what an employee is supposed to and not supposed to do and I, I have to keep pointing that out, JC, because otherwise you might miss how ridiculously no, irrational it is. their position it's is. It's upside down world. The, but again, not outside of the thought process of these people. When mm -hmm. you, you look and you look into, uh, you know, some of these these movements, and I, I forget what the what the thing is. Uh, the economic system that they they call it, but there there's this whole mindset of uh, employees are the boss, right? Right, because again, that's that anti-rich, anti-capitalist thing. So mm -hmm. overthrow the bosses. So that adds another brick in in their foundation of mm -hmm. undermining the concept that the person who built the business and runs the business. Uh, you know, is in charge of saying how it runs and how it operates, right? They, mm -hmm. They're in their mind, you know, this sort of revolutionary Marxist idea that the, the, the horde comes in and takes over what some guy has built through his vision and his industry. And then they get to dictate, um, get to dictate what happens. So that's the upside down world th that they live in, uh, you know, so Certainly not unusual. I want to say this, JC, because this is this is very important, and it's something that that we have taught for a long time about religious liberty. That religious liberty that we are talking about, the right of the of this particular in this particular case, we have two Catholic schools. The right yeah. of them to do this is the right of every private school to teach its beliefs. And if somebody wants to say that the Catholic school can't do that, then guess what? That means that a group of atheists cannot get together and hold a school and teach atheistic principles as a religion. Reading the comments, this is not a religious issue for them. Again, I, I mean, I'll I'll say it again. It's not, it's not religious for them. When you read, when you actually hear what Sotomayor says 
uh, and, and what Ginsburg comments are. Mm -hmm. This is really economic. This goes back to their Marxist ideology. Mm -hmm. When you listen to them, they're not making a lot of religious arguments. They're talking about uh, this sort of power to the teachers and teachers union that employees should be in charge rather than bosses. Right. So this, this really is less of a religious freedom issue for them than, than their Marxist ideology just dominating uh, their thought process and their right. position. It is really a defense of their Marxist ideology. Right, because like I said in the beginning, they cannot handle the fact that they don't have control over yeah. this. Sure. They need it. Let me read to you uh, what Thomas writes, and this is where, where Gorsuch pops out on me, right? Thomas writes... Uh, see also the memorial and remonstrance against religious assessments written by James Madison. He's quoting Madison. It says, quote, the idea that the civil magistrate is a competent judge of religious truth is an arrogant pretension that has been falsified. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about that this this uh, this idea that the civil magistrate and what he's talking about here is... Andre, America scares me too, brother. You know? <laughs> what he's talking about is the court, when he's talking about the magistrate, or somebody in power saying what is and what is not the authority of the, the religion. How do you define religion? Here's what he says. This is actually the quote. I'm, I'm reading now the, the remonstrance from Madison, and it's his point number five. Because the bill implies either that the civil magistrate is a competent judge of religious truth or that he may employ religion as an engine of civil policy. The first is an arrogant pretension falsified by the contradictory opinions of rulers in all ages and throughout the world. The second is an unhallowed perversion of the means of salvation. Mm -hmm. You turn government into God. And this is what, and, and here's, and I don't, I don't hope I'm not overstepping in my conclusion here. But this is, because we're talking about, and you, you know, it's not, it may be about control, it may be about Marxist principles, but what we're talking about here is Ginsburg and Sotomayor saying the court has the right to define what a minister is. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that Sotomayor and Ginsburg believe that they have a right to be God. Right? Because in faith, people believe that God defines ministers or defines the religion that all of this their beliefs in, in christianity your belief comes from the word of god sotomayor and ginsburg are saying no the church cannot read their religious documents they cannot read their faith and determine what is a minister we above your religion above your god tell you what that means and they actually believe they're right to be God. Mm -hmm. No, that's for sure. I mean, that again, it goes back. That's no, I don't think it's any different than, than what I was saying. It because you know, at the core of it, the what do you call it, the Hegelian dialectic. Uh, so you know, they they do believe they're gods. Mm -hmm. They are gods above the world to control people, to dictate what you believe, what you should believe, what you shouldn't believe. You know, and, and as always, our position on, on this show is liberty. Uh, let the people decide what they want to believe. Right. Uh, whatever, whatever you want to worship, whatever religion you want to participate in. Or we, no religion Or no at all. religion at all. We happen to be Christian. We, we happen to worship Jesus Christ. Uh, it's what we believe. And, and it's what we share. It's what we want others to believe. Right. Uh, you know, from a sincere desire that we believe it's the truth. But, but as Americans... Uh, you have the liberty, uh, really, as human beings. It's as not, human it's not, beings, it's, it's a not uniquely right. American, American mm -hmm. but you have the natural right to make that choice for yourself. It's a natural right that America uniquely enshrines. Right, 
we have taken a pledge as a corporate, oh, well, let me change that word, as a body of people to say we believe that conscience is the most important property a person can possess. Right. And in that most important property that a person can possess, we believe as Americans that that property ought to be protected at all cost. The individual's right to conscience. I really, I, and I feel like, uh, it's just my opinion, maybe, I, maybe it's skewed, but I, I really feel like we have the most diverse audience Yes. In, in that regard. Yeah. Because we take a purely liberty stance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know of any other show, like we freely talk about our faith. We freely talk about religious issues on this show. We talk about it from a liberty perspective. And we, I mean, we have a, a chat room that's, you know, all over the map as yeah. far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Everybody. We have atheists, we have agnostics, we have pagans, we have Christians, we have uh, people of the Jewish faith. We have we have we have a couple Wiccans. Sure. You know, I mean, seriously, I, 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 but but see, that's the unity in liberty, JC. Right. That is the unity in liberty, and that's what we've been preaching for so long. Look, you can be black, red, yellow, white. Your your creed, your religion, your faith, whatever that is. We are all united under the principal umbrella that we have the liberty to live our life according to our own beliefs. As long as you don't bump into somebody else's, right? That's how it works. I wanna I wanna Sotomayor conclude in her conclusion, and this is another one of their tactics, JC. Five parts of the first amendment. Oh man, this audience can name that. Oh yeah. Our audience. Who who said that? Uh Chavez. Yeah. Go for it. Nobody ready, can ready, name Ready set go. The yeah. five protections of the first amendment. Nobody can name the first five parts of the first amendment. Yeah, the the five liberties codified in this he's thrown down the gauntlet, guys. Everybody in this chat room on YouTube that is a long-time Liberty Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal listener knows that's the question I ask everywhere they and you it. guys know it. You could like that. We are the upper educated Liberty 2%. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sotomayor in true to their ideology tries to wrap up in summary what the court has done JC and she tells a flat out lie. A flat out lie. Why is that the case? Why do they have to take facts and not just simply i can see presenting them in a light most favorable to their perception but then to just flat out lie i I don't get that she says the court's conclusion pretends grave consequences that thousands of catholic teachers may lose employment law protections because of today's outcome Other sources tally over a hundred thousand secular teachers whose rights are now at risk. And that says nothing (laughs) of the rights of countless coaches, camp counselors, nurses, social service workers, which are government employees, uh, in-house lawyers, medical relations personnel, and many others who work for religious institutions. You know what? Why? Notice how she puts others that work in religious institutions. She's not, she is stringing this all together, all these things, right? How are you a secular teacher that works in a religious institution? She is misaligning. What is this non sequitur? She is putting together one of these things is not like the other. She's an idiot. And she's putting this together. Why? One purpose, JC to divide the population and to promote her their their marxist ideology to take over everything. I mean that's just who they are. We didn't, you know, we jump I knew this show was going to was was going to be complicated. It's pretty I, deep. Yeah, and so I jumped right into You have to go read a comic book. Yeah, jumped right into this, but I just want to jump in and say thank you Tracy Rogers from California for your super chat donation. Milton, thank you so much for your super chat donation. He says, if it's discrimination, it's a thought crime. Mm-hmm. Milton's being, uh, yeah. So, Dan, uh, thank you for Bucciarelli. your... Bucciarelli? 
Bacigalupe is Debbie's name, so the Tuesday mm-hmm. Bach Cha Cha. Bucciarelli, thank you so much for your super chat. Uh, Dan says, thanks for the knowledge and the education. Everybody, thumbs up on YouTube. Yes, everybody in the room, give us a thumbs up right now. We have more people watching than we have thumbs up, so give us a thumbs up. JC, you missed it yesterday. Our, our one low local dissenter gave really? me a thumbs down yesterday. He oh. visited us yesterday. He didn't like the fact that I believed that uh, private foreign private corporations should not have the power of government eminent domain. Okay. Yeah, because we were talking about the Keystone Pipeline. Chinese foreign agent or something? No, because the Keystone Pipeline thing is all about you hate Trump, right? Ah, gotcha. Yeah, so because I sided with uh, Alina Kagan, who said that Trump cannot circumvent the Trump administration, which is not even Trump, right? It's the uh, Army Corps of Engineers. No, no, and the, the whole government's Trump. Yeah, the whole government's Trump. Everything's so the Trump. Army Corps of Engineers and the Environmental Protection Agency cannot give waivers. Trump is Trump is the sky. Yeah, cannot the give trees, waivers to foreign corporations to the avoid hills, <laughs> the birds to avoid regulations. Everything is Trump. Embrace the Trumpness. That you and I would have to, you know, and every other U.S. corporation, unless they've got money in the pocket of the Congress, you know, has to go by. So, anyway, it's it's just uh, it's just very very interesting. So you're saying a Canadian company shouldn't be able to circumvent the law? Yeah. Okay, I hear you. You yeah. hate you hate Trump. I got it. Yeah, I hate Makes Trump. Sense. I hate Trump number one because I believe. That the government shouldn't be able to crony uh, up with foreign governments and give them exemptions for what Americans are, you know, the the infringements on Americans' property rights. I'm a I I hate Trump because I don't believe that Congress should be able to give foreign corporations eminent domain authority. That's why they say you hate Trump. And I hate Trump because. Do you actually hate Trump? No, I don't actually hate Trump. I don't hate. I don't hate any politician. I had to think. I didn't. Want, I don't want to speak it correctly. Like run through a list. Run through a list. Do I actually hate that guy? I do no. actually hate that guy. No, no, I don't actually hate that guy. Um, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't hate any politician. But just simply because I find them, their, their actions contrary to the Constitution. Why would that be a like or hate thing? I don't get that. Because there are a lot of simpletons out there. Hmm. So basically, oh, and the other thing is, is I don't think that the government should be above the laws they enforce on everybody else. So the Army Corps of Engineers and the Dakota Pipeline exempted themselves from the same environmental laws that you and I have to be subject to. By the way, the same environmental laws, JC, that Mr. Roberson went to prison for building his stock pond. The Army Corps of Engineers decided we're not we're not doing that. And what's interesting is the federal courts are actually standing up and saying, hey, it doesn't matter if your government equal application under the law says you have to be subject to the laws the same way everybody else is. Three Supreme Court opinions in a row. How do you even how do you even do that? And Supreme Court opinions, JC, where they're they're not just simply quoting commonly held quotes of the founders i mean they're like getting into the meat of what our uh, what our founders actually wrote and meant we're talking about real real deep original intense stuff chaos theory chaos theory just random chance Ran- is that what chaos theory is just randomly picked up madison's <laughs> remonstrance and said mm-hmm. you know yeah <sighs> right, umberto right. echo focus pendulum you have to read that i mean yeah it's all there <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be with you. I hope that we've covered this case. It's a deep issue, but it's very, 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 very important. And we need to be able to identify these these deceptions. Because otherwise, you're going to be stuck in a conversation with people like Sotomayor and Ginsburg and going, nah-uh, right? Separation of church and state. No, you got to know more than that. You got to know more than just separation of church and state. You got to know why their arguments are ignorant and dangerous.
And that's what we hope to give you here. We are a teach show and not a talk show. So God bless you guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to see you next time.